Welcome to the Specialized Podcast, a podcast about living in the special needs community as educators, parents, and community leaders. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Wayne. And I'm Tina. I'm Diana. Diana's sick. <laughs> it's Aww. our second episode and Diana's sick. Back to school. Back to school. We're back going to back school. to school today. All the germs. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, that's pretty much what happens, right? It's just like everybody, you go back to school and then bleh, everything's just... I held on for a while. Yeah. How many weeks? Three? Uh, four? Four, I think. This is the fourth. No, is no, it? No, it's got to be more than that. But now, because well, we're in Florida. Week and five. Florida, by the way, like we I start school like in July, no. which is unnecessary. <laughs> and then in um, everywhere else, like <laughs> up north where normal September people live. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we start in September. Fifth it's been week. five weeks. So five weeks. Diana's sick. There Whoever had five weeks in the pool, <laughs> you're the winner. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna and, and actually talking about being back to school, we're going back to school. So last episode, you heard us go through all of these different. You guys singing? Mm. <laughs> go back, back, back to school again. All right, whoever off, can name that may okay. win a prize. But oh, not really. You're giving out prizes already. Yeah, we don't have any prizes. <laughs> no, I was just literally saying what this is the only podcast in history that would quote Grease 2. Oh, hey, well, now he just, he just ruined it. <laughs> All right, so much y'all for that. win. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just telling Everybody you. wins a prize. Who are you, Oprah? You win a prize. And you win a prize. And you win a prize. <laughs> All right. So last week, um, we uh, went through all these topics that we were going to go over um, in over the course of the Specialized Podcast. And so week two, we're talking about going back to school. And uh, it's just a timely thing. A lot of folks are already, you know, back to school and back in. They're singing the song again, everybody. It's in my uh, head. I'm sorry. This is it. It's over. Uh, and so what we decided to do is this, is that since last episode, we kind of did like our top choices um, and we kind of went through that list. I, we, I thought that was kind of a, a cool way to go about it. So what we're going to do is we're going to go around and we're going to do our top three top three when it comes to you know going back to but going back to school i mean it's it's a pretty heavy duty thing there's a lot involved when you have a child with special needs or if you are an educator of children with special needs there's a lot involved in in that it's not it's not easy so even before we go through our top three like what what kind of feelings tina fall upon you when you think of like going back to school like what what happens when you start seeing that the calendar is on its way when all you're start school? the anxiety hits why that? So, well, it's a lot to think of and a lot to plan for. And is my child going to receive the services that she needs? Is she going to have fun in school? Is she going to be included in school? There's all of the questions, all of the anxiety. And then, of course, all of the work that goes into planning and preparing for school so that your child does have a successful school year. What goes through your head when you're when you're getting ready to start? And you're about to go back to school and you're going to start teaching and you're going to, you know, get, you know, all your stuff going. What goes through your head when you're about to go back? Because it's a different situation for you. You're in a classroom full of children with varying special needs and and you're about to go in and, and, and get started. And you had a interesting kind of change happen. You're in a different room and everything. So what, what's going through your head? That was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of the. Um, feelings are the same, like the anxiety. You want to make sure that they're going to have fun in your class and get, you know, all the same things. But um, yes, I'm in a new class now. Last year I was in a varying exceptionality classroom and this year I'm in a medically fragile classroom. Um, 
every year it's we have to worry about new like the new kids who's um it's sorry it's week two and i think your microphone's already busted <laughs> That's can me. you hear me can you hear me now yes so what's about let me ask you a question because what does magically fragile mean because every time you've mentioned it to somebody else outside of this area they don't really know what that is right well, yeah, I guess so. Um, it's just when their medical diagnosis or their medical needs outweigh their um, academic needs is when they're in my class. So in that, so in that sense, so it's like, which by the way, I mean, here's the, the funny thing, is that the classroom that Diana's in now is the classroom that our daughter Emily used to be in, uh, but Emily uh, switched to another school. So like, okay, now this was my anxiety because for me, she was going to a new school and going to a new school for me triggers all of these feelings from when I was a kid. And we moved like when, when we moved from being up North to Florida and I had to start a new school. I just remember as a kid, just kind of having all those butterflies and all those feelings of just uneasiness and everything. And I totally was thinking about that for our daughter who, again, just dealing with what she deals with on a normal basis, you know, and just Emily deals with a, a number of different diagnoses and, you know, she's nonverbal. So it's like, she's going to go into a new class and it's not even like she can say, hi, I'm the new kid or hi, I'm Emily or anything like that. And, um, but all those feel, I got to tell you, all those fears, they kind of went away pretty quickly. She made a bestie. She made a best pal, like in the first couple of days of school who, just, you know, love, you know, just hanging out with her and, you know, just helping her. And, uh, you know, she made other like friends, a, a, a friend who happens to be a boy, not a boyfriend, <laughs> but a, like another, another but kid. He's a boy. But he's a boy. <laughs> and I think the use of like, like teaching social media, like, or what, educational social media really helped. Like there's this app um, that her school uses to kind of share pictures and share announcements and, you know, her teacher would share pictures of what's going on during her day and all that. So, I mean, it was cool. And so uh, we've been dealing with this. I mean, uh, like I said, it's like, you know, you know, you've been a teacher for a while. You've been a teacher for, for a long time. And as a parent, we've been dealing with school for a number of years. And what I wanted to do was come together and bring like a top three list of, hey, here's, uh, here's some, uh, some topics. Here's some things that you may want to consider, whether it's for this school year or for the next school year. Uh, and, and we can even kind of just kind of what, what are some keys to success in the school year this year? And we can kind of approach it from all these different angles and avenues. So y'all ready? Ready to get started? Y'all yeah. ready? Y'all ready? Y'all ready for this? Ready. All right, here we go. All right. So who who wants to go first? Everybody has them on their phones. So go ahead. and. <laughs> I'm oh, old school and I have it written down. Oh, you have it on paper. It was on your I phone last it. time. I know. Even. But this time I went old school. <laughs> all right. So since Tina's is on paper and more accessible, you share your first all right uh, i'll item. go with number one okay. um <laughs> actually the topic or, or the idea of establishing a routine is important um we've found as a family that if we can establish a routine with our daughter that the structure of the routine seems to help her in expecting what comes next and knowing um, from start to finish, kind of how her evenings go and how her mornings go. Um, so we've strived really and worked really hard to just establish that routine with her so she knows when she wakes up, we, you know, have time on the potty because um, <laughs> we are potty training. She is eight years old, but, you know, that's a that's going to be probably another topic we talk about, how to potty train kids with special needs or how do we work through all of those difficult um, 
things that we would love for our kids to um, tackle and accomplish. But anyway, squirrel. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's but it's important for but, the routine. It's like yes, we all have I mean a it's very yeah. We have a morning routine just like we would wash our face, brush our teeth shower, whatever it may be, get dressed. <laughs> However that routine is, usually it typically, sta- typically stays the same or usually stays the same. Um, and making sure that we have all of our, our to-dos checked off of our routine list. Um, so kind of the same thing, establishing it for Emily. And as we said, Emily does not um, speak to us or in, in she's nonverbal, she's non-mobile. So everything is dependent upon us, which is very different. And if you have a typical child or if you have a child that is a little bit more, um, maybe a mild diagnosis of, of like ADHD or something like that. Um, there are just, you know, there are varying needs, but I do believe that structure and a routine of just kind of creating your mornings and creating your evenings, um, is extremely important so that the, the child knows what to expect um, it kind of sets the pace as well as it um, kind of decreases any kind of anxiety or worry about uh, what's to come or um, if we set things off pace or whatever, you know, that kind of kind of helps lower the anxiety um, with that as well. Um, so know, one of the things about like the routine, um, going back to anxiety about starting a new school, uh, you know, Emily's new school started an hour earlier. And so it was interesting because it's like, you know, we had this whole routine that mm-hmm. we almost mastered. Like, you know what I mean? It was like almost like we almost yeah, had it all three set. years and we were still three, working three years. on it. <laughs> and, you know, we had this thing almost down pat. And then all of a sudden that we had to like shave an hour off of our time. And that was that was an interesting challenge, you know, just kind of being able to, to do that. And then, uh, you know, but once we kind of get going, I, I actually... I like the shorter time now. Like I like that whole, you know, experience better. I like the, the routine of being able to take her to school and, um, and, and really just, it's, it's kind of neat because she starts an hour earlier. She ends an hour earlier and we have more time with her in the afternoon. So, Very true. you know, that, that's so a lot of, even with that. Okay. So saying a shift in time, um, it takes a little bit of strategizing and oh, yeah. planning ahead of time. So you have to really think about what is going to work for you and your child. Um, setting that routine and making sure that you stick to it and consistency is the key to make it work. Um, if something is not working, obviously you can throw it aside and try again. But once you find what works and what motivates you as well as your child to get up, get going or to settle down and, you know, get ready for bed, then at least that routine is set and you kind of, and again, you're setting the pace and you're have the expectation laid out. So the child knows or your children know, Kind of this is what happens in the morning. This is what happens in the evening until, you know, we go to bed or, you know, we head out to go to school, things like that. So we just kind of I just think the routine is just is extremely important to create that structure for kids. And I think it really does lower the anxiety level of the children of children in general. But it also sets up ourselves for success because we have set the pace and we as the adults need to set the pace. We cannot let the children um, set that pace for us. I know things happen. I know uh, we, we can wake up tired. We can wake up with emotions or whatever kind of get in the way. But I think that if we work hard to strategize and plan that routine out and figuring out what works best for you and your child, then the consistency is the key. Putting in the hard work to make sure that you follow that routine each and every day. That's awesome. 
How, what, what about you? Your routine? <laughs> <laughs> My routine in the morning? Yeah. Uh, what do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, but like, like, like as a teacher and stuff like that, it's like, you know, you got to get yourself psyched up and ready to, to, to get in there. Is there a, is there like a secret? Is there like some kind of like coffee? Yeah. I get my coffee first. <laughs> <laughs> then I do all the things. But um, that really helps me and everybody else. <laughs> and it's for everybody else's safety. safety Pretty yeah. much. And everyone knows it, too. Aww. I even bought the kids a little uh, Fisher Price coffee, a Keurig maker today and they liked it. <laughs> making me coffee i was gonna say were you telling them to make you coffee all yep, day i was that's awesome um are so my number one pick was something that's bef- like this is a pre-school this is a before school starts thing but i i, I like this this is picking the the backpack and the lunchbox <laughs> and all that kind of stuff it can be fun and, and the thing for me is one of the things we work on with emily a lot is decision making Right. And so like we encourage her to make you know, her own decisions and to make choices and to pick. Sometimes she touches the thing that she picks. Sometimes it's a verbal yes. I mean, or, or oh. like a, a visual yes. Like, you know, nodding. Sign, yes. Gesture. Making a sign, making a gesture, nodding your head and all that. And it's and it's just one of those things where I'll, I know it's when you when you have a child with special needs, I know that sometimes um, their school stuff doesn't uh, age as much as some of the other kids like their backpacks may not be as ruined or their lunch boxes may not be as smelly or, <laughs> or they may be worse. I was just right. They may be worse. <laughs> but it is one of those things where I, I look forward to the fact that, you know, every year she gets a lunchbox, she gets a backpack just like I did, just like you did, just like everybody else did. And so I like that idea because it also kind of sets the pace, you know, for the rest of, of the year, you know what, you know, it, it we think it's a big deal when we were kids and, and even like as adults, you know, picking the right, bag or picking the right thing the way that we're going to dress and so for her i love making a big deal out of okay we're going to pick your backpack we're going to pick your lunch box and you're going to you're going to make these choices and do you like it and do you want to go there and i think it gets them excited too like they they get excited they know school's coming and in you know in a couple of days in a couple of weeks they're going to get to show off their stuff so i think that's fun and, and incorporating that into the whole like getting ready to for, for school thing um, it, it just, it's exciting. It gets me pumped as a parent. I could only imagine what she feels like. Well, it and brings a, sorry, it brings <laughs> a sense of motivation too. And then again, you say it sets the pace, but I think more, it sets the tone creating yes. excitement. You're my interpreter um, that I sorry. Say <laughs> and you say what I really mean. Okay. Um, so I think it creates an excitement, an element of, of, you know, surprise and then an excitement for the school year to start, even though Emily may not cognitively know everything that's going to occur she's excited because she had the choice in and you know the options to pick what she could carry with her on her chair or, you know whatever so you know that that creates excitement and motivation I think it motivates us too as parents to say hey you get to show off your new backpack and your new lunchbox like this is so exciting you're excited for them I keep that. trying to pick the R2D2 one that lights up but she never picks it well, it, it shows off their personalities, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, That's it true. helps also the teachers, too, to know what they're into or what they like. And then it helps us be able to use that as an incentive sometimes. Or, you know, if they can't necessarily tell us what they like, we can, you know. I didn't even think about that. About like, oh, I see insights. Elsa on your bag. Does that mean you like, you know, you, right. do you like Frozen? Do you like this? That was for me. I have Elsa on my bag. <laughs> <laughs> that was last year. Oh, no, that was two, <laughs> two years ago. That was two years ago. <laughs> What's your number one? My number one, um, I guess mine would be like um, preparing for 
my class, preparing for them to come in. And um, it's not always easy because you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> so you don't know what to expect. It's kind of hard just to create a routine or plans because it's it could vary. The, the amount of kids that you get can vary. The Their abilities can vary. So, But the one thing that, that you can always um, prepare with would be reviewing their IEPs so that way you can get to know your students better that way. One of the things that I noticed about those IEPs too is is that you as a teacher, like you got an early jump on that, like on that when you, as soon as you had access, you started kind of, you know, going through that. W what is it about, and just, I'm just kind of talking as a, as a parent though, like what is it about those that, you know, even before you even get to see the child helps you when it comes to prepping for the new year? Um, it written in the IEPs is all of their um, abilities or what their, um, they actually has their medical diagnosis in there. It has um, their goals for the year, what they've worked on previously, what they're going to be working on, um, what kind of services they get. Uh, just gives you just a whole bunch of ideas about the abilities and potentials and of each child. So it's a good way just to kind of know, okay, well, you know, someone's going to need more room because they use equipment or whatever and they need to get around. helps you plan ahead. Well, I was just going to interject really quick because we're using acronyms IEP, and some people might not know what, what an IEP mean? means. So the educator in me is saying we need to educate of all of our audience <laughs> of one. But um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> my mom. Um, <laughs> my mom. So an IEP is actually an individual education plan. So that provides a plan with a team of people who gather around to create an educational plan that is specific for the child's needs. Um, so as Diana is talking about all of those things that are part of this IEP or individual education plan, all of the goals and academic needs and even equipment and services and accommodations that are within that IEP are all created from um, based upon the child's needs, but with the team of people that have collaborated over um, knowing the child. So it's good to know it's, you know, when, and again, like, and we do this too through AbilityTree. We do these like IEP 101 trainings and uh, there's a whole lot of acronyms. There's a whole lot of stuff. So if, if you know, good job, Tina. If we do spout some more off, make sure you, you, you stop <laughs> us. But, um, but it's important, you know, just to, to know to, to get ahead and to understand too that you're, you know, that if you have a child with special needs, your teacher is reading a number of these IEPs. There's, it's not just yours, but it's, you know, it's a number of them. And so sometimes, um, you know, we can maybe stand to have a little bit of mercy on our teachers to know that, hey, you've got a huge undertaking in trying to figure out every child's need all at, all at once. So what's your, uh, what's your number two? Well, I actually want to oh. interject on that a little bit. I'm <laughs> sorry. And then I'll go to my number two because it, it'll kind of go together. Um, as an, as an educator reading an IEP, it's a piece of paper. Like it doesn't really, like it gives you information, but it's like a book, mm -hmm. you know, you can read a book, but you don't know necessarily how to apply it until you practice it. Um, so the same thing with an IEP is you can read it and you can understand what goals and accommodations are that the child needs, but until you get the chance to meet that child and spend time mm -hmm. with that child and understanding how to apply those accommodations and create opportunities to reach those goals in your classroom then um 
and it takes time. You know, it really does take time. It's not an immediate thing. So I think that in that, as a parent, I and we as parents need to give grace, like you said, need to give grace to teachers and giving them time to get to know our kids, to have time to figure out what routines are best for the classroom and um, as well as strategies and, you know, just different tactics and things to be able to create a classroom culture and then in turn a a school culture that welcomes all of that. So with that, my number two actually coincides with this very nicely Mm -hmm. is as a parent, I would encourage you to communicate with your teacher and IEP team ASAP. So as soon as your school year starts, start setting up meetings. Um, I know that there's a lot of time issues and, you know, teachers are extremely busy at the beginning of the year, but I also know that teachers want to know the paraprofessionals that work with your children. They want to know, uh, the therapists that work with your, your child, they want to know. And as well as other teachers or other team members that are, you know, work within the school or within the district, um, that, that work with your child or indirectly or directly, they want to know. So, um, I've experienced at, any school that I've worked with or any school that our child has attended, that the more communication that I have with the teacher, the more communication I have with the therapist, um, the better it is for my child. The better it is that I am understanding what her progress is, the better it is that I'm, I'm involved, the more involved I should say, the better communication I usually get. So I am that mom, um, if you want to call it that, but I'm proud to be that mom because it gets me places and it gets me information. Um, and what I mean by being that mom is I, I, I push, um, I push for that communication. I push for those meetings to, um, to happen and to occur so that I can give the teacher the information about my child first and foremost, and what her likes are and her dislikes and what her strengths and her weaknesses are and her abilities and disabilities limits, um, so on and so forth. Like I, I feel better as a parent when I can have that face-to-face conversation and knowing that the teacher hears me, is listening to me, and is already starting to formulate plans and is already starting to formulate strategies and working with me. So I appreciate that and, and I love the time that I get to, to banter back and forth with the teacher and just creating ideas. Um, I love, you know, hey, give me your schedule. Let's work it out together how we can you know, meet Emily's needs and create that individualized education plan. Um, you know, so being that mom or being that parent, whatever, that grandparent, whatever it is, like, I just think the communication and starting it out from the get-go is so important so that you can set the platform, set the foundation for that school year and just hopefully reach true success for your child and what is best for them. On top of that, So you have that immediate communication. Make sure that you stay in communication with your teacher daily. So I think that that's important. doesn't necessarily have to be long emails or long phone calls or text messages, but just checking in. Or if the teacher is sending notes daily, uh, notes home, and they're taking time out of their instructional time and, you know, to be able to communicate to you, value that, respect that, and communicate back or at least acknowledge that you've read <laughs> what they've taken the time to tell you. I think that's important. Please. 
<laughs> mine actually goes right along with hers. Do you want me just to do it? You do it, and then mine <laughs> actually goes alongside with all that, too. So That's we were all on the same wavelength. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so my other one was just um, just being transparent with the transparent with the parents um, and just having open <laughs> communication. And um, like I go like I'll give out my personal phone number, which I've actually done this year, too, if they're not able to get onto like our the education app or whatever it was that you called it earlier. <laughs> um, but I do do daily communication logs home and um, stuff like that. I like encourage volunteering in the classroom and then um just being open and, and really wanting, like you said, wanting to know more about the kids because the IEP only does give you so much and it's it's not telling you all about, the, like you know way more about your child than what you can write on just a piece of paper. Um, so just really just having that, you know, open door policy with come on in and volunteer in the class. And then um, like, obviously I was thinking about this the other day because I'm, kind of a control freak so I would like for my classroom to run a certain way or to look a certain way and like the reality is it's not going to look exactly how I want it to look and but the these parents they know that they know how their kids how their kids behave they know what their abilities are so it's not going to be any kind of a surprise the chaos or <laughs> whatever 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 they'll come in to see I was just thinking even higher functioning kids, maybe your communication is not quite as detailed, but communicating with the teacher of your child and letting them know, again, what weaknesses and strengths that your child has is always a good idea to just, again, set the foundation and set the expectation for the teacher. Um, some teachers if they're higher functioning, may tend to overlook, I'm not saying they always do, but may tend to overlook the actual disability. Um, but, or if it's not a disability, maybe they're gifted or something, you know, like that. It, but it, there's still needs and there's still accommodations that are in place for that, for their education plan. So again, don't be afraid to connect and communicate with your teachers and your IEP team. So you want to make sure that the services are there, the accommodations are being utilized. You want to make sure that they understand how to use them with your child. Like that's important. And you are your child's voice, whether your child can talk for themselves or not, you are still your child's advocate and you know them best. So when you know what works with them and you know what doesn't work with them. And so, you know, take the guessing out of the game, you know, take the guessing out and just meet with a teacher and communicate with them so that you can kind of, again, build that foundation to, for success for the year. Okay. So number three, um, or my number three is set yourself up for success. Okay. Set yourself up for success as a parent, um, especially as a mom. Moms were always taking on so much upon ourselves. We're filling in all of these different roles and there's just so much that we take on. So again, with my number one, the routine, but I wanna make sure that as a mom or as a parent, we're setting ourselves up for success. So I'm actually going to steal a quote from Rachel Hollis, <laughs> um, girl, wash your face. Um, and, and I'm gonna, <laughs> you know, you shout out, <laughs> shout out to Rachel Hollis. So, um, she actually has a chapter about waking up on the offense. So, which is 
awesome. And what that means is if we're waking up early enough before everybody else in your home or especially your children, you're waking up, getting yourself ready, having that cup of coffee so that you can deal with the children with a sane (laughs) temperament. Um, And just, you know, getting yourself ready again, starting that routine and just having time to yourself to just soak as my counselor calls it. Just soak and just kind of start your day right. Um, when we're waking up late or when our children are up and we're, then we're kind of on the defense, um, things kind of unravel and that routine kind of falls apart. So if we can wake up and get ourselves up and ready and, you know, just set ourselves up for success, um, you know, specifically myself, personally myself, wake up 530 and I'm getting ready to go to the gym, getting myself ready, getting then I get my daughter ready. I'm, you know, coffee's brewing, breakfast is starting to be made, lunches are being packed, you know, all of these things um, just kind of are happening and moving and grooving in the morning um, until, again, until she's ready to go out the door for school. Another thing in that and setting yourself up for success is, is, you know, we have a Sunday routine where we set up for the week. We kind of prep and set up for, for the entire week. So what that looks like for us is we set out clothes for Emily for each day of the week. Um, and this, some of you may be thinking, she's insane. How does she do this? But I'm literally telling you, <laughs> Who would think that? <laughs> I'm literally telling you that these little practices that I have found help me so that I'm not scrounging through drawers, scrounging through laundry baskets, finding the outfit, finding matching, you know, shirts with, you know, socks and, sh- you know, shoes and all the things. That's so me in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and it may be, but I'm saying this practice has helped me eliminate all of that stress in the morning. So I'm pulling out the clothes on Sunday for Monday through Friday, have everything set and ready, sitting on her uh, dresser. So that each morning we grab the outfit, we know what she's wearing, and off, you know, getting her dressed, and off we go. Um, it's not even a, a second guess. Um, the other thing is, is I plan out what she will have for lunches. So um, specifically my daughter, she's on a special diet, so we have to make sure that we plan ahead of time what she's going to have for lunches. So if your child's on a specific diet or if they're going to be ordering food from lunch, at least have the money divided out for the week or something like that. So we're... Or, um, the menus are sometimes online, depending on which county you're in. Or so you can awesome. even, so you can even you look can, ahead yep. and you can help them make the right choices, maybe some healthier choices, yep. um, have them write it down on a card or something like that so they know um, going in what they need to pick. That's, that's good insight. Um, so just making sure to kind of plan out your week, setting yourself up for success, packing all of the odds and ends that they may need to take to school to be ready for that that week. Specifically, my daughter, you know, she is potty training, so we do have to send some diapers and wipes and extra changes of clothes and things like that. But I always try to make sure Sunday I put all of that in her backpack and just making sure that she has all of the supplies that she will need for that week. And then I don't have to worry about it until the next Sunday. And so it's, it just makes it a lot easier in kind of setting the stage for for the week. Um, And again, like I said, in in number one, it is work, but it's work that's worth it because it's less stressful and you are able to establish and keep those routines, which again, eliminate the stress, eliminate the anxiety, and really just help things um, 
set in a positive pace. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where um, having that stuff laid out ahead of time, huge help, <laughs> reducing stress and trying to just get going for the day. You know, just and, and it'll, honestly, I got to tell you, it's like for me, it's like I have such a hard time picking what clothes that she should wear that I'm just grateful to you know be able to you know grab them and, and go for it. So it's good stuff. Number three. It's my turn. It's your turn. No. My number three kind of also goes along with that. It is <laughs> um, just self-care, as I say, while I'm sick. But <laughs> um, just really taking care of yourself, making sure that you're drinking enough water um, throughout the day. And you're supposed to drink half of your body weight in water. That's also from Rachel Hollis. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm, I'm working on that. Not at all doing it, but working on it. And then um, make sure that you're taking your breaks because it's very important. You just need to get, sometimes you, you just need to get out of the room and just walk somewhere, take a, take a mental break. Uh, make sure you're eating throughout the day. And um, it's just, just make sure that you're <laughs> trying to stay healthy. I know I'm saying it while I'm sick, but it's obviously I'm not doing a very good job. But there's also a whole <laughs> bunch of sick children. So make sure you keep your kids home when they're sick. Take <laughs> your vitamins. Take your vitamins. Um, and then just make sure you're getting enough sleep, too. One of the things that I stopped doing was I'm not checking my emails before I go to bed because that was bad ideas. And it would all night I'd just be thinking about what I had to do the next day. And it was just giving me too much stress and anxiety before sleep. So I've stopped that. And I think it's somewhat helped. Um, I think that's... Good job. Yeah, yeah good. definitely self-care all around. I mean, just making sure that everything's just set up for success. Good plan. Yes. Good plan. And take some vitamin C now. I was taking vitamin C. That's the worst. Okay. <laughs> There's just too many <laughs> sick children. It's, well, and sometimes you just can't, you, you can't avoid it. It's just, you know, when you got kids sneezing on you and coughing on you. And yeah, sometimes it's just the funk. The <laughs> it's the funk. All right, so my last one, my, uh, from my top three, is uh it's also it's another i'm the it's it's a lot of fun <laughs> uh, drop off and pick up should be fun i mean like the what i you know what i personally i love the fact that i get to drop emily off at school on most days uh i get to do that i i i decided that's something that i wanted to do to set myself up for success for my day you know it gets us up and ready and out the door early and you know ready to kind of face the day and you know on our way every morning you know to school it's usually fun we're playing some you know fun music and we're kind of just you know talking to each other or I'm ex I'm asking her if she's excited for the day and ready and then you know we uh you know, typically there's like a certain corner that we turn. When we turn, you know, we pray. We pray for the rest of the day and we ask for a great day to, you know, to bless the teachers, to bless mommy and all of our friends. And, you know, and it's just kind of, it's part of the routine and it's something fun, you know, that, that we, you know, choose to do. And, and then on Friday, we do something different on Friday where when Friday hits and, you know, we're, you know, we're done, we're done praying and everything, uh, we crank up, we crank up the volume and we play a little John Cena. We play the John Cena theme song. And it literally, that's just, she loves it. And it's a blast. And we just have such a great time with it. And, you know, just, you know, you know, you can't see me. And we just start just having a blast. And, you know, if we, if we are doing it at a red light, then I put it on an Instagram story. If, if we're not at a red light, we do not put it on an Instagram story. So 
We don't record it or anything like that. We don't record while we're driving, but red lights are fair game so that we can include everybody in on the party. So thanks for clarifying. I clarify. <laughs> I always clarify because sometimes, you know, I just I get a little weary. And even sometimes if I post it and I see that there's a car moving behind me, I go, oh, somebody might think I was driving. So but anyway, uh, it's just it's just a blast. And just really kind of making that time of, you know, picking up and, you know, we have another routine where I pick her up on a couple of days after school to go to a, to go to a therapy or whatever. And the last few weeks we've done it that, you know, we've picked her, I've picked her up and I take her to Target for a snack. You know what I mean? And so we just, we go to, you know, we go to Target, we sit in a little cafe there and we have a snack right before she goes into her, um, her, her therapy. And it's just a, I just like it because it's a thing that we do and it's a thing that we look forward to. You know, it's like I let her know, hey, I'm going to pick you up later and, then, you know, it's going to be fun and we're going to go grab a snack. And um, I just think that especially when you have a child that um, goes through routine or or likes to know what's next or, you know, it, it, you could just set them up for success by just by having a routine, even going through that morning and making it fun, making it enjoyable. If they're having a tough time with school and they're not enjoying going or, or they don't you know like it, go a different way. Change the direction in which you drive. Drive, you know, go the long way or the short way or or whatever. But do something that you need to do to just make that whole experience a lot of fun and, and enjoyable to make it smoother for them. I think, too, um, sorry, I always have something to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> we know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, um, all this is things. what I get. Um, anyway, I was just going to say... Um, there are kids that ride the bus. So maybe yeah. what might be something quick, fun way to make it or a good way to make it fun for them. I was thinking maybe a quick note in their backpack yes. or lunchbox to kind of encourage them. Do you have anything? No, I like that. Give them a, give them oh, a note. What else? Sending them off with a song, maybe on their phones or tablets or whatever. <laughs> you know, some kids do ride yes, with tablets and, do, and phones and things like that. So maybe if you have a song or send a message, text message or something like that to them. Maybe get like a cool like bracelet made or something like, you know, different colors and stuff. And each day is a different color. And, you know, even just something as simple as like, you know, it's, you know, it's red day, it's blue day. It's something that they get to kind of, you know, look forward to. Again, something maybe they could think about on their way there. Maybe you can make some of those silicone bracelets with a special message from mom or dad or grandma or whatever. You can even talk with the bus driver of the bus and maybe set something up with them. You guys can... I don't know if they have like a reward system or, or not, not that they're being bad on the bus. It sounds like they're being bad, but just something like, um, I don't know, something that you can pass along to the bus driver who will pass along with, you know, to them, maybe when they get on the bus in the, in the afternoon or something, or I don't know, the bus drivers are all very nice. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I like the stories of that dad that would dress up in a different costume every oh, day yeah, for that. when the bus would come and, and, and drop the kids off. And then eventually the kids just stop getting off the bus. So, uh, but it's, it's a lot of fun. I Most like of my kids have nurses that go on the bus. So there you they're, go. yeah, they're with them and they're, you know, having a good time. They're enjoying yeah. the end of the day. It's just, you know, something to look forward to, something fun to kind of switch it up and change it up. So good stuff, guys. Way to go. That was an awesome <laughs> list. That was great. That was good. <laughs> Hey, if you are enjoying the Specialized Podcast, let me encourage you to consider making a donation to Ability Tree Florida and supporting their mission. Ability Tree Florida is a nonprofit organization that comes alongside families impacted by disability and provides rest, R-E-S-T, recreation, education, support, and training. 
They're currently raising funds for their rest and recreation center. It's a one-of-a-kind facility that serves as Ability Tree's home base and will allow us to connect with more underserved families and to recruit volunteers, teaching them how to interact with individuals with disabilities and their families. To support Ability Tree Florida, visit abilitytreefloridadonate.org. Well, now we're going to move on to our final top three of the uh, uh, of the show. Uh, Tina, explain uh, what we did last episode. All right. So last episode, well, actually, I should say Specialized Podcast focuses on parenting, education, and connection. So last podcast, we passed out cards, randomly picked, and we each got a topic in which to focus on. So? So one of us picked parenting, one of us picked education, one of us picked connection. connection. And uh, all we're going to do is just kind of share something that we discovered over the week that we uh, would encourage you guys to check out or look into. It might be a link. It might be a story. It might be something like So you can find all of the information on our show notes. Uh, and when you kind of look at your podcast player, you can just pull up the logo. Usually if you swipe left or right or up or down or whatever, you'll see our show notes there. You can also go to Specialized Podcast uh, on our website and uh, you can check out the show notes there as well. So who wants to go first? What did you, Diana, what did you pick? What did you pull out? Uh, mine was connection. Okay. Do you want me to go? Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, with connection, I was thinking about the way that I connect with parents and the families. So that would be through the Remind app that I use, which is like a communication platform between the parents and myself the teacher but there's also i think like there's a google google classroom there's a class dojo that some people use and it's just i don't know um you can look in to see if if you are if your teachers use those apps or not but it has really been beneficial in my classroom it's almost like texting with the parents it's like a quick response that you can get um back and forth um can go anywhere from just you can do a whole like um group message if you want to like if you can say um early release day this wednesday and then the entire um all the parents get to see that or you can just message individually with parents if you're like um need more diapers please uh, <laughs> stuff like that but it's it's been really really good quick easy and the parents really seem to like it too because it's you can send pictures back and f not back and forth to be weird they send, well they can send me a picture but <laughs> i can send pictures of um like their kids and what they're doing that day and it's just a good um connection Oops. Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> As so. you disconnect. Yeah, so you disconnect my mic. I'm not good with the mic. But um, yeah, but you can check those out um, and maybe recommend it if your teachers don't already use that in their class and see if they're willing to hook that up. <laughs> Make the connection. Make the Make connection. The connection. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I chose or I selected education. And something that I've actually discovered this summer um, that I thought was just tremendous, and it was actually shared with me by a friend, Courtney. Um, so I'm going to shout out to Courtney. It is actually the SET framework, S-E-T-T -T framework. Um, and actually, each of those letters stands for um, S is for student. Uh, and it's kind of an area you kind of discuss areas of concerns, abilities and needs of the student. Um, e is for environment. What is their best learning environment? How would you set that up? What would it look like? Um, tasks is the first T. So what are the expectations of the child? What are they expected to do? 
and what tasks are they expected to complete or that are essential for their learning. And then the last T is tools. What tools will be used as well as services are offered, such as technology, equipment, assistive technology, whatever it may be to motivate their learning and to help um, increase their learning as well. So this framework was designed by jo Joy Zabala. Um, she's actually from the state of Florida. She established this in Boca Raton, Florida. And it's a great framework that you could probably, um, there's lots of downloads. You'll find the link in the notes, but lots of downloads and worksheets that you could do. It's a great way to set up that communication with your teacher and your IEP team um, to start out creating, talking about your student, talking about what's the best learning environment for them, what tasks are expected of them throughout the day, and then what tools are the teacher and paraprofessionals or IEP team, whoever's working with your child, are expected to use to enhance the learning of your child. So this is um, something educationally that a parent, an educator, an administrator, anyone could use and just kind of implementing into creating uh, the IEP or as well as just creating a, a good learning environment for their uh, children. That's awesome. Where, where, where did you find that? It's on, is that the set framework? Is there a website? There is, but I will share it in the link. We'll because share it it's in, the gotta, in the Or in the notes. notes, I'm sorry. Awesome. All right, so uh, we got the Remind app on the connection end. We got the set framework on the education end. And on parenting, um, I wanted to just share with you, a long time ago, we, we got a couple of pieces of equipment for our daughter, Emily, uh, through Firefly. Firefly is a company uh, that makes different kinds of uh, fun equipment like the Upsea and the GoTo Seat and, and, and that kind of thing. This isn't a commercial for them as a product company, but because we made a couple of purchases through them, we're on their newsletter. And so I get their newsletter about once a month and they put out you know just uh, some really interesting stuff about their products and, and everything. But one of the things that I really enjoy in their newsletter is they have um, a, they have a number of different articles that I think are really helpful to parents. And so just kind of for example, if you go and you sign up at Firefly, fireflyfriends.com, there you'll be able to get, you know, all the, um, all the different uh, newsletters because sometimes they send some stuff about sales and, and all that. But one of the things that I love is when they send out their articles newsletter on their articles, um, there's a number of different things like, you know, there's one article on there from last month called my child is nonverbal and that's okay. And it, and it, again, just kind of shares, you know, just some information from different parents perspectives. Um, I love this because you could tell, uh, where they are located at based on the title of this holidays in term time are sometimes necessary. And it's an article about taking a vacation even during the school year. So by holiday. taking a holiday um, and just, you know, by taking a break you know, and how that can be helpful. But I love it. There's just a lot of different um, articles that they send every month there. It's a great resource. And so even if you don't buy one of their topics, I want to encourage you to check out their newsletter and, um, and uh, sign up for it. It's on fireflyfriends.com. Well, guys, that about wraps us up. Uh, we are, uh, we guys did a great job covering our top three on, uh, you know, what to do when we start school and when we get, when we get started, we're going to pick our next thing, aren't we? Let's, uh, aren't we? we're going to pick our, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and so now, uh, we're going to go around, we're going to pick our next topics next episode. 
We're going to hit something else. Let's see. I want to pick first. And go. I got parenting <laughs> again. All right. Good stuff. I can't wait. I got connection again. <laughs> and I got education. I swear we mixed them up. <laughs> we totally did. That was we fantastic. Uh, but guys, listen, uh, we're looking forward to joining you on our next episode. We're going to got uh, some new topics to share with you. And uh, Tina, tell us how we can get connected. Connect with us at specializedpodcast at gmail.com, at specializedpod on Instagram, at specializedpod on Twitter, and find us on Facebook at specializedpodcast. Good job. Awesome. (laughs) Uh, Guys, thanks so much for listening, and uh, we're so grateful. Any last words, anybody, before we wrap up? This is episode two. This is episode two. I think we did a little bit better than the pilot, so... (laughs) Hang in there. You got one more episode. You got, before you decide whether or not you're going to stick with us. That's the thing. We're going to do yes, more than three episodes. We're going to do more. But <laughs> I hope not to be sick next time. That's right. Don't be sick next time. You'll be fine. Not Any parting words? Mm-hmm. All right. My name is Wayne. Wait, what's our tagline? Oh, you, got, you forgot your tagline. Oh, do you remember? Got to find Finding. joy in the specialized life. Find joy in the specialized life. Well, I'm Wayne. I'm Tina. I'm Diana. Thank you so much for joining us, and we're signing off.